The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe has already been condemned, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. The most basic definition, I suppose, of a mystery is a truth that we do not fully comprehend. There are many of them. Even things that we think that we understand, we don't fully understand. Today we celebrate the greatest of all those mysteries. We celebrate that mystery every day, over and over again, but today in particular, the mystery of the Trinity, the mystery of one God and three divine persons. There are many who can't accept this. It doesn't make sense. They want a simple God. Islam. Jehovah Witnesses. Mormons. The Trinity is just too much. It's complex. Human mind can't grasp it. Therefore, I will have to find a God who is simpler. One God, one person. But that's not God. How could we possibly expect to understand the inner life of God? Perfect act. We can't even understand one another. In fact, we can't understand ourselves, really, perfectly. To understand the life of God? We can know some things. The greatest minds in history have grappled with this question and written beautifully about the Trinity without ever being able to really explain it, St. Thomas Aquinas, St. Augustine, and so on. The other day, you know, I was driving along, I was thinking to myself, since the glory of God is manifested in creation, any simple mind should be able to see it, even if he didn't realize it. And I thought to myself, well, for instance, I'm looking at the sky. To the human eye, during the day, the sky, and for that matter, the sea, is blue. It's a primary color. One. That's good. And the trees surrounding me, the shrubbery, the grass, the cover of the earth, green. Hmm. Now that's not the primary color, that's evoked. A combination of blue and yellow. Two. Something like the hypostatic union, the incarnation, two natures in one person. Simplistic, but true. And the earth, combination of red, yellow, and black pigments, three colors, and so on with almost all of creation, in some way or another, reflects the glory of God. Now, we have damaged that creation through original sin, but we couldn't destroy it. God's still there. So we come to this mystery, and every year we come to it. I say pretty much the same thing. 
We have a problem understanding this because you know that we experience in our lives something very different. Remember, nature answers the question, what? It tells you what something is. What is this, an amber? What is that, an altar? What is that, a candle? Person tells you who. Susie Smith or John Jones. And you and I understand that. We have one nature, human, one person, whoever we happen to be. And so on with everyone else we know. And we're finite, we're limited. All of a sudden we come against a concept of one what and three who's in one being. That's the Trinity. And it's an infinite being, without potential, complete. You and I know infinity only in potential infinity. You can always add something onto a straight line, you can always add another number onto the category of numbers. But in real infinity, we can't grasp. What can we say about the Trinity? The Father has one thought. He didn't cause it. He's the principle of it, but he didn't cause it. And that's the Word. The Word and the Father are co-eternal, co-equal. And the two of them, the love between the two of them, is the Holy Spirit. They didn't cause it. They're the principle of it, but they didn't cause it. The Holy Spirit is co-eternal and co-equal too. Each one perfectly and fully God. It's not just one person loving himself in the Trinity. There's this incredible, infinite act of love that's complete. What can we do with that? We can know the Trinity. We can love the Trinity. Because we've been loved by that being. In fact, if we were baptized and remain in the state of grace, that Trinity actually dwells within us. We call it sanctifying grace. It dwells within us. How wonderful. And yet, how distant, isn't it, in some way? Some, how many people have used simple examples to try to get this across to simple people? Remember St. Patrick with the shamrock, the clover. Three leaves, one plant. St. Joseph Cupertino, who himself is rather a dull child, uh, an adult adult, took a blanket and folded it into three uh, folds and said, that's the example of the Trinity. That's very nice. But of course... They all fall flat, don't they? There, there are images, glimpses, that we have all the time. Uh, just the way God created us as human beings. We're the greatest of his creation with angels. Uh, we, re- we are supposed to reflect him in ourselves, not only in our spirit, which is the primary way in which we do it. We have an intellect and a will, as God has an intellect and a will, but his is perfect, actual. Ours, of course, is not. But that's how we most resemble him, and yet, even physically, we must do that in some way. How many things come in twos? Uh, and then, of course, the, the, perhaps the most beautiful example of the Trinity, by the way, we see in, in, hum, in us, in human beings, in the family. The family is a, is a glimpse of the Trinity. Father, mother, child. But only a glimpse. You know, if you go back to the Old Testament, we see occasionally the Trinity there. Think of the beginning of the book of Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God created. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the face of the water. The Spirit. And God said, let there be light. And the word, infinite light, creates light. 
a glimpse of the Trinity already, but only, the, only a glimpse. Remember Abraham, three angels came to visit him, but he, he greeted them as though they were one. The fathers of the church say that too is a glimpse of the Trinity. So here we are with this great mystery that's transforming us. When we come here, this is the greatest thing we do. We offer a sacrifice, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, that was offered once and for all, but becomes present every time we do this, to the Father, through the Son, in union with the Holy Spirit. The most basic prayer we say is the sign of the cross. We say it so often we don't even think about it anymore. Of the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Everything we do begins with it and ends with it. And yet, here's the great mystery. In some ways, it is easier. I used to think it was difficult as a priest to preach on this. Um, but I decided it's much easier to preach on the Trinity because it's very easy to preach on something that nobody can understand, including myself. Uh, but you remember St. Augustine. I always mention this every Trinity Sunday. He was trying to understand the Trinity as he was walking along the seashore. We all remember this story. And he came across a little boy who dug a hole in the sand and was taking a shell and was taking seawater and putting it into the hole. And St. Augustine said to him, what are you doing? He said, I'm going to empty the ocean into this hole. And St. Augustine realized that trying to understand it, the Trinity was this, like that little boy trying to empty the ocean into that hole. He simply couldn't do it. Um, so, you and I then rejoice in this great mystery. Uh, that God so loved the world that he sent the word, the Son, through the Holy Spirit to redeem us. Trinity isn't so distant. It's not a concept or something just in heaven. Or rather, heaven comes to earth, particularly when we do this. Since the Son comes, the Father sends him through the power of the Holy Spirit becomes present to us. So we enter into this great mystery uh, just joyfully. And we then become transformed into what we receive and into what who dwells within us. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you rejoicing in the Son and the Holy Spirit, in the Trinity, and trusting in your love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, that her members will always uh, be visible signs of the indwelling of that Trinity, we pray to the Lord. For all nations of the world, especially our own, that they will receive God as he reveals himself to them. We pray to the Lord. For all those who are sick and suffering and dying, that they may be consoled by the Trinity coming to them. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have rejected this mystery, we pray to the Lord. For greater respect for the mystery of human life, especially in the womb, we pray to the Lord. For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, those young men and women who will answer the call of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. For a greater reverence for the presence of the Trinity in marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy. And having spent time in silence in the presence of the Trinity, in them may be visible signs of what they have experienced, we pray to the Lord. For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, 
for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster, that they may look upon the Trinity, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed For an end to this virus, for those who are suffering from it, for our protection and preservation, and for the end of violence in our country, particularly in our city, we pray to the Lord. For all of us here, we may realize the presence of the Trinity, that we may always protect that presence in us and be visible signs of it to our world, we pray to the Lord. We now join our prayers to those of the Blessed Mother as we sing. 